What up, everybody? Welcome to our newest episode of Do Rags and Stethoscopes, the first one of 2023. And, you know, we got to start off with New Year's resolutions. How have y'all people be saying New Year, New Me? Same old person, just a new day. But whatever. And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite hip-hop lyrics. And then we're going to move in with Dr. Smith from the great state of Mississippi. Ole Miss, hotty toddy, y'all know it. And he talks about cardiac arrest, CPR, and all this other stuff. And then that's when the stethoscopes just doing their stethoscopes thing, talking about all the medical stuff and all that good stuff. So enjoy the episode. Welcome into another episode of Do Rags and Stethoscopes. As always, I am the Lit MD here with Leno the Wave. Oh, doing that my hey, hey, hit that Native American flow on him. <laughs> As always, something like it, something like it. You know, we got Brick. What's up? Happy New Year. Hey, hey, we got Shock on the way. Always late. You got to have somebody on CP time. What's good, fellas? Happy New Year. Everybody doing all right? Good to see y'all in this uh, new year. Hey, hey. Good to see y'all. For sure. We made it to 2023. Eesh. I still remember 2000. But a 99 and a 2000. All right. Let's get into it, fellas. So we have another full show. Things that we wanted to touch on. Crossing the new year, we definitely were going to talk about some New Year's resolutions. Also, we wanted to hit on, first off, you know, prayerfully, DeMar Hamlin is recovering. So we wanted to talk about not necessarily him and what happened, you know, because it's just a blessing that he was able to recover from that. But we did want to talk about cardiac events. So we will be welcoming on Dr. Danton Smith, cardiologist, coming in soon to give us some more insight in regards to that. As I said, we're going to hit on those New Year's resolutions. And then I wanted to hear some of y'all favorite lyrics in hip hop and why. All right. Sounds good. For sure. Let's get it started. All right. So, Leno, I'm going to preface this with you. Are you big in the New Year's resolutions, or was that not a thing that you was with? I wasn't really big on New Year's resolutions. I um, usually set more time, but, you know, they set yourself up for failure. You know what I mean? You stress yourself out about focusing on not really focusing in on, but trying to hone in on one thing. You let a lot, a lot of other things fall on the wayside. You can kind of add to, as opposed to setting your sights. It's just a new year resolution. It really is just something. I think there's always been kind of tacky, just something that everybody does. Kind of like the gym at the beginning of the year. That's why the gym is packed at the beginning of the year by the summer. Empty. You know what I mean? I never yeah. really think on setting resolutions, but just kind of building momentum, especially from the end of a previous year. Bringing that, that's the only thing I like to bring with me into a new year. For sure, for sure. Brick, what do you think? I mean, when it comes to, like, like Leno was saying, when it comes to the New Year's resolutions, I don't understand, like, why people start them, start saying them at, like, November, beginning of December and all that. Like, why don't you just start then? If it's that big of a deal, like, smoking, I'm going to stop drinking. Like, it's one of those things, like, if it's that big of that big of a deal is that important why don't you just start right now no okay then but i mean there's some things i completely understand like hey i'm gonna give up beer because i've done that multiple times that's something easy i ain't say i'm giving up alcohol i just gave up beer so yeah i remember i gave up cursing for a whole year i just i don't know i look at some of this stuff as like a, a moral task you know what i'm saying of like i just want to be able to prove these things to myself so I can be big on it, but I also think it, it's what you set as that goal, right? Like when Leno's talking about the gym and then you, you're you done with the gym after a few months, or you're talking about, you know, drinking or smoking. I think that we don't set realistic goals. Like if somebody's goal is less time on social media, that's something that's realistic and achievable. You know what I'm saying? 
But I agree also. It's like, why you got to wait to the new year? I think that's because we all get into our vices in the holiday season because gluttony is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be on IG on Christmas and, you know what I'm saying, looking at all the posts and stuff like that. I'm going to be all, I'm going to be drinking with the holiday games and, and all that type of stuff. But I hear y'all. I mean, so how long you think, how long, and this is for both of y'all, how long y'all think people's New Year's resolutions last on average? Three months when that first weather change kick in. Soon as it get a little bit of warm up, warm enough that you don't have to take a coat with you outside. Resolution is usually dead by then. Like say drinking, 40, I say forty-five days. Forty-five days. Because once you get to that whole Valentine's Day, and then after Valentine's Day, the next holiday is what St. Patrick's Day. Because they're gonna go out and drink, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss this." And then St. Patrick's Day, oh, we starting to turn up. And then before you know it, Cinco de Mayo, like Lynn was saying, it's over. <laughs> hey, bro, on that, what is St. Patrick's Day? I ain't never met. Like, I feel like that's just reason to wear green and drink. I don't know if it's, I, I, I don't know what it is. It has something to do with Ireland. That's all I know. Do we care? Like, it's a fun time. Ain't the Independence Day or nothing crazy like that, I don't think. Yeah, Might I think be. It's like, I, I don't care. I'll give you an excuse to drink like single to mile. Facts. I mean, I look at Thanksgiving like that because Thanksgiving is literally a terrible holiday. But I do, like for white I do like Which? the time off. I do like the time off. Oh, you're talking about the concept behind yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about yeah. to say? I got hungry just thinking about it. Yes, yes. Okay. Columbus yeah. Day. Columbus Day. I would de- I, I would barely take my day off for Columbus Day. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday as a whole is shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I was telling somebody before. Don't take my time away. You can change the name, but don't take my time. Because yeah, whether takes, it's Indigenous People's Day, Aunt Jemima Day, or Pearl Milling Company Syrup Day, I, I want it all. Going too goddamn far with the Aunt Jemima Day. We switched it. It ain't that no more. It's Pearl Milling Company. That's beside the point. It don't taste the same. It don't. It don't taste right. Something <laughs> is do- missing. I got a bottle. Yeah, in, the I got a bottle in the house right now. It's not the same. It is not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you, Uncle Pump. <laughs> He's like, all right, be on your mind. It don't taste the same. Oh, boy, you, you stupid. It's on. All right, so what do you think they changed? What ingredient did they, when they got rid of Aunt Jemima, what ingredient did they remove? Uh, it's a soul. It's soul, soul. and food that you can't soul. teach, man. It's, it's the difference between when your grandma makes some fried chicken. And then, you know what I'm saying, auntie makes some fried chicken. She might not have that level of soul that grandma have yet. The inner hand is in the hand. <laughs> she said, might not. She don't have the experience yet. And that's oh, okay. See, here we, we go. A, now we got an expert. Yes, we have an expert in this topic. <laughs> hey. What's going on, y'all? Welcome Doc? in, Shock. We are talking about syrup. Does Aunt Jemima's <laughs> versus Pearl Milling Company, is there a difference in the taste? Yeah, it ain't the same, bro. Facts, dog. It ain't the same, dog. Like, nah, it don't hit the same at all. Like, I was thinking about that earlier when I was eating some pancakes, dog, with some syrup. Dog, that shit ain't the same. And it's fucked, bro. Uh, it really it's, ain't. It's fucked, man. <laughs> yeah. Why y'all talking about the sad really shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's I'm not we... Oh, now. man. Missed y'all boys over the holidays because y'all, y'all are wild. <laughs> All right, okay, so it's different. Man, hold up, nah, you done had the pearl milk. I know you got a bottle of pearl milk. What is it, pearl milk? I know pearl you got milling. a bottle. Of, pearl yeah, milling bottling you got a bottle. I know you got a bottle. You can just sit back and think. On all the times that that Aunt Jemima bottle came to butter rich, stop playing. <laughs> stop playing. You know it's not hitting like it used to. But they had that black lady on that bottle. Now, why wouldn't I? Come on now. Free Aunt Jemima. I'm with it. Y'all got me hyped now. The black lady off the bottle, you thought it was going to taste the same. Y'all got me with it. Free Aunt Jemima. Big fact. Oh, man. I'm crying right now. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. (laughs) Come on, come on. Hey, so, Shock, what's your take on New Year's resolutions? Do you think they're... Like BS? Do you go for them? Do you think people overdo it? What's up? It depends, man. What's y'all's resolutions? Y'all got resolutions? Yeah, I said I'm gonna stop dunking. 
All right. In that case, they're hysterical to me. They funny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. It just, I think, I think, I think a resolution is a goal. I don't think goals are bullshit. I think people should set goals, right? But it's a matter of whether or not they stick to them and, and roll through with that shit. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it depends on the person, honestly. Now, your situation, that's bullshit. So that ain't a real goal. So, nah. <laughs> yeah, see, y'all coming for my neck. Hold on. The fact that Shock really just gave us, like, a pitch for how he recruits employees. Right. <laughs> like, these are goals for this job. <laughs> it's like, there are no goals. That's bullshit. But you need employment. We got you. Yeah. That's the recruiter of the year right there. Damn, already 2023 coming in strong, man. I can see, with especially for those of y'all on, watching on YouTube, with what Shock is wearing, this would be a great interview right now. 3,000%. Toboggan at the Ray-Bans, full beard. It's a Carhartt, by the way. Carhartt, Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, like $24. Thank you, Brick. Let, let them know. Let them know. Oh, man, I am all for it. Okay, so <laughs> we miss you, Aunt Jemima, and New Year's resolutions are are BS according to, what, three-fourths of the podcast? Well, yeah, three-fourths now, of the podcast. So the resolutions aren't BS. The people create unrealistic resolutions for themselves. So, so what's the unrealistic one? Y'all said working out, you said stopping drinking. Is there anything else where you, like when somebody tell you, like, you ain't going to do that? Yeah, when they like 500 pounds, they say they're going to lose 300 pounds. Yeah. Literally. Come on, David Goggins. You're not doing that. <laughs> How about you set a goal to lose five pounds a month? No? Okay. Oh, yo, I blew somebody's mind the other day I, th- that you say that. The, this patient was telling me, like, I was like, have you been losing weight? They're like, yes, it's terrible. I was like, how much weight you been losing? They said, ah, I've lost like. 20 pounds in two years. I said, that's like, that's less than a pound a month. And they were like, you know, you smart. I'm like, <laughs> what is math? Like, what you talking about? <laughs> now, the best part, the best one is when people are like, how long do you think it'll take me to lose 20 pounds? The best response I've ever heard was, how long did it take you to gain it? Ooh. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Okay, then. I don't know. I know some people like if you go to the uh, cafeteria at Hampton Sydney College, you could lose 20 pounds pretty quickly. You keep eating at the moment. Yeah. No, no, I'm pushing all that out. And then some. Sad, sad story, man. I still haven't fixed the moans. Shout out to the moans, but disrespectfully, shout out to the moans. (laughs) From the bottom of my heart. Hey, Shock, you remember what was that? We were in that I think we were in that history class together, and you used to always, <laughs> you would wrap the french fries in the pizza. Oh, bring food, yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember one time, this man was in the back eating three slices of pizza that still had napkins stuck to it, and french fries, and the teacher was like, what are you doing? He was like, I didn't get to eat. This man had a whole meal on hey. his desk. Hey, it's part of our meal plan, though, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my meal plan. <laughs> What you mean? <laughs> I ain't let no meal go wasted. It's coming with me. And they ain't say nothing about dining to carry out. <laughs> Shit. Carry out every day. Fuck them. Know what I mean? It's my meal plan. <laughs> you All crazy right. as hell for packing that shit up and taking it with you for real. Nasty shit. They crazy was, for not giving me to-go boxes, man. That's shit. the thing. It wasn't packed up. He would like dump it into, you know, when you open a napkin up, how thin it gets? He would just get two of those and then stick it in his pocket. Can't say that man won't ep- economical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see nothing wrong with this. He was an econ major. That shit very economical, man. Oh, shoot. Brick, thank you for having my back on that. Thank you. Always, always. I ain't saying nothing's wrong with it, bro. It's just on point. Nah, hey, hold on, Leno, because I got to call you out like on this. Everybody know all you ever ate throughout all of college was pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah, that's it. And then some days the pizza won't even hit. No, they didn't even do the good pizza some days. I had to go back to the room. Now, you know, I had the sweet potato care package. I had a Kool-Aid care package. 
Then you know that definitely got me through some dark times when the moans won't hit on nothing. When the moans is moaning for real, that sweet potato pie Kool-Aid combination is a lot. This boy, you gonna make all the diabetic listeners mad. Matter of fact, I got a, I got some sweet tea on the stove right now. Oh, oh, dang. oh Lord. All right, so well that that was hilarious. That made my day. This whole conversation. So R.I.P. on Jemima. We miss you. We we truly miss thee. Bring her back. I don't know about that. That's cancel culture. Like there's a reason why they got rid of her. It's a dumb reason. It was nah, slave they, syrup. They did it. They nah. It's a good reason. I mean, it's, they they making money off her fucking back. Like it makes sense, man. It's oh fucked my up. God. No, That's how about this? How about this? They pay Shorty her money. They yeah. give her a cut, and they put the recipe back in. I agree. I mean, no, it's a, it's not, a fix, man. It's no, fucking retributions, no, man. No, I agree. Don't tell me you done, you gonna cut everybody off because y'all done got caught doing some shit that y'all was wrong and shouldn't have been doing. Make it right, Facts. and then let everybody be happy. It's a win-win all around. Yeah, they Rick, what's the up? Bag up. I bet if you, you look at... I bet you they don't have to return none of that money. Where that money go? They ain't returned none of it. They just kept. They just kept it all in their pocket and just said, "All right, we just changed the name for y'all niggas." All right, so I'm and gonna, we gonna change. <laughs> yo, that's what they said in the board meeting one day. Like, all right, we gonna change the name for these yeah. niggas. All right, that's that's what that's they said. Exactly dog. what they said. We just gonna change the name for these niggas, and we gonna make it work. All right, all right, Brick. What's up, Brick? <laughs> Brick, what's on your mind? I mean, you gotta think about it. The family probably had bad lawyers because if you look at Florida State, their mascot's the Seminole. The Seminole tribe in Native American in the United States of America is like the second richest because mm-hmm. everything that they sell with Florida State on it, they get like one percent of the profit. I have to applaud you for comparing Florida State to syrup. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, and no, you can keep that name, but I want these royalties. I, I get where you're coming from. No, I don't want, I don't, the way I don't want that. that. I don't want that lump sum. My kids, we getting generational wealth because that syrup is good. Yeah, <laughs> true shit. True shit. If they're gonna use a name and likeness, yeah, cut me a check. Yeah. We good. <laughs> the nil of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Oh, they say, hey, Bryce Young getting paid. Why can't we? Yeah, yeah. Pancakes I, and all. I, me and my lawyer walking in, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't say stop. But I want some of that money. <laughs> hey, and syrup is better than Florida State. So, so whatever you trying to come his neck for, exactly. like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, look how Florida State did it. I mean, syrup's international, dog. I had Aunt Mama in Iraq. Facts. Yeah, they brought that international? over. This n- nigga, are you serious? I don't know about over. that. I had is syrup Iraq, international? So. There's a difference between shipping it. Sorry, there's a difference between shipping it over and it being international. Like, if they ship it over, okay, it can travel. But international is like, it wasn't Iraqi and Jemima. I mean, it no, was but he said, you said Iraqi. Syrup International. We ain't said uh, Jemima, we said Syrup International. Yeah, but if they're That's exporting everywhere. it out, that makes it international, right? I'm just I mean, saying, they, you don't think they got syrup in France? You don't yeah, think they got I, syrup in China? No, nah, they, they eat crepes. Belgian waffles, dog, French pancakes, dog. Yeah, crepes. <laughs> in India, I know they like a lot of spicy food over there. You think they don't have no syrup in India? A little extra. <laughs> I, they have a lot of sweets. I, I work with a lot of Indians. They have a lot of sweets. It's not necessarily syrup. It's like so. I tell you what. If 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 one of y'all, one of the members of Durag and Stethoscope went over there, you'd probably call it syrup, and they would call it something else. You'd be like, Nah, this is syrup. Yeah, I don't care if you call it a, a black cat or a jaguar. It's the same damn thing. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling black. I'm gonna start calling jaguars black kettles every everywhere I see them now. God damn. It don't matter. It's the same thing. Oh, this is so Yo. okay. So what have we established? Bring back Aunt Jemima. That's that's what the movement is this year. Syrup is international. Cut Bring checks. back Aunt Jemima. The original and Florida State cannot handle. Nah, Florida State get their ass whooped in the fucking. Octagon with syrup. 
Shout out to Florida State for cutting in the Seminole tribe. Hey. Mm-hmm. True. For real. I mean, they had Deion Sanders. So they didn't want him back. Yeah. That's, true. that's why that's we true. got what we got now with Jackson State and Colorado and all that. that <laughs> they would if they would have just hired Deion Sanders from the beginning, we would be in all this shit. It's yeah. another that's another that's another instance of them of them folks. Chopping some shit down and then giving it back to us all fucked up. <laughs> Florida State could have won a national championship by now, but now they got to get some re-rock. Mike Norvell in Colorado got to win a couple Pac-12 championships with what, what's left in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're going to see how the season goes. I, I wish them the best. I definitely watched uh, Prime's Top 50 NFL highlights, and I was telling Brick this the other day. Shout out to Neon Deion Sanders. I did not realize how much offense he actually played, especially early in his career. He was a dog at receiver, too. And he would guard Jerry Rice in the same game. What's going on, little man? We have a guest star in here. One and only. Flex on him. What's that? Ah. Yeah, oh, played man. a lot of offense, a lot of offense. He, he played offense in Dallas. He played offense all through his career. Mm-hmm. Dallas, um, he played a little bit in Atlanta. He really played in San Fran. He looked like, but he was, and he was special team. And he was a true returner, kick returner, receiver, DB. He did it all. Safety. I'm saying, if you guard Jerry Rice and catch a touchdown in the same game, that's impressive. I'll give you that one. Is it really that impressive, though? I think there was a game, no bull, where he had more receiving yards than Jerry Rice. Because he was the primary cover for Jerry. So he did that in one game? That's supposed to be impressive? (laughs) It's the greatest receiver of all time. And you outdid him as the greatest wide receiver of all time? Who's better than Jerry Rice? He's the greatest corner of all time. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. Okay, yeah, but a broke clock ain't guarding the best. What are you talking about? I don't even like that analogy. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me mad. All right, can can we pause for a second about uh, best receiver Mike Evans? His eighth thousand yard season this year. This is nice. Did he this break a thousand yards nine. this year? Did he still yeah. break a thousand? Mm-hmm. Yes. It was his ninth. He's only the third player to have nine consecutive. Yeah, this dude. It's him, Jerry Rice, and I think Tim Brown. Yeah, so. Well, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's not better than Jerry Rice yet, but yeah. I didn't say that, but I'm just saying. Mike Evans isn't even the best receiver in the league right now. He's, he's, he's the most consistent. He's, he's consistent. Most consistent. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. There's some there's there's some respect to be gained from that. Like with yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald was probably never the best receiver in one single year in his But he was top five, top five, top yeah, five, top five. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's top five yeah. receivers. Mike Evans Mike Evans. He still got some tread on them tires. He's good. Mm-hmm. He do. So I was getting. I feel like there was some smoke in what Shaq was about to say. So who do you think is the best receiver? Oh, I got nothing, man. I was trying. I was trying to instigate a debate. Straight uh, up. <laughs> okay. I thought you were gonna say Steve Smith, who was a dog and is a Hall of Famer. But I thought that's what you was getting. Steve He's Smith the best under like five ten. I mean, now that you mention it. Yes. You don't think Steve Smith's a Hall of Famer? I got a real, real, real strict Hall of Fame resume. I think a lot of niggas get in the Hall of Nick or Brick has said this. A lot of everybody gets into the Hall of Fame now. It's not. It should be a separate Hall of Fame. A lot of people get into the Hall of Fame that I don't think are Hall of Famers. Give me a couple. I want to hear a couple on your list. That so aren't. just looking at the looking at the ballot for this year, off the top of my head. Devin Hester is the only I wouldn't say he gets in on his first ballot, but he's argues arguably the best return specialist ever. So I think eventually he will get in there. He's got some records. He's in the record books. He'll he eventually. is. He has a record for I think well Cordero Patterson broke the kick return record, I think. But he's, he's Steve Smith is not a Hall of Famer. I love Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson is not a Hall of Famer. I didn't think Marvin Harrison was truly a Hall of Famer. I don't think Reggie Wayne is truly a Hall of Famer. Marvin Harrison. Taylor, is Be careful. Hey, don't let's not we can't talk about Marvin Harrison on here. Yeah, man. This, like he he gonna find this, you. 
just cause y'all niggas scared of Marvin Harrison, <laughs> I ain't scared of Marvin Harrison. I tell you one thing, his son, problem. Junior is going to be a problem. Well, because he grew up Serious playing prison problem. ball. Like side the point. The longest yard. Hey, <laughs> you, <laughs> hey, you think Ray Lewis should be Hall of Fame? Ray yeah. Lewis is a Hall of Famer. Okay, just making sure. Every's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Definitely. You mean the new coach for Bethune Cookman, Ed Reed? Yes, uh, the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think he's Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm lo- I'm looking at the list. Um, I like if I, if if Heinz Ward should be in the Hall of Fame based on everybody getting into the Hall of Fame, but if he didn't get into the Hall of Fame, I wouldn't really necessarily. Try. If Heinz Ward get in, Steve Smith got to get in. Heinz Ward has got the Heinz Ward has got the hardware and at least the mid like a middle ground. He's not high on stats, but he's got a middle ground of stats, particularly in the Steelers franchise. You are showing your bias. Like if you put Heinz Ward in and not another name a name another name another receiver Super Bowl MVP. Another receiver Super Bowl MVP. Um, Name another one. Name another two-time champion in a Super Bowl MVP at receiver. Wasn't wasn't Julian Edelman an MVP for Super Bowl? No. Ooh. 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 No, he was Ooh. not. Yeah, if that's your basis, dog. Was Edelman an MVP? No, Edelman was not an MVP. He was a three-time champion. He would never won MVP over Tom Brady in a. So then, on your logic, then if you're going off of just Super Bowl receivers, then Edelman got to get in over Heinz Ward on the first ballot. Why would I say? Why are we saying that? One MVP to three Super Bowl wins, where in the game where he definitely was, he had the best, the biggest catch in that game. Santonio Holmes had a bigger catch in was that that wasn't the Super Bowl where the steel where Heinz Ward won it, but Santonio Holmes should be in too. Was three to a, three to two. He's top twenty top top twenty receiving categories. Top, he's second now behind Antonio Brown in franchise history in receptions, reception touchdowns, and yards. I think we have some stats coming in. Here we yeah. go. The Let's wide receivers that have won the Super Bowl MVP last year, Cooper Cup. A couple years ago, Julian Edelman. Mm. Then you can go to Santonio Holmes, Heinz mm. Ward, Deion Branch. Isn't Deion Branch a Hall of Famer? Is he? Is Deion Branch a Hall of Famer? He shouldn't be. He, I don't, he he definitely shouldn't be. Okay. But yeah, but I'm just with, wondering. I was like, with this know. Leno logic, then Julian Edelman's a Hall of Fame. Not saying that Julian Edelman's bad at all. I'm just saying. No, well, I, well your your overall statistics, Cup. your overall statistics have a part to play in that as well. I did Ah, you changing um, your tone now. You hitting us no. with that pearl milling. If you go ahead if we you can run the tape back, but you gotta have a combination of stats. And just say that you're a biased Steelers fan. It's okay. I mean always here though it's okay y'all y'all hear what y'all want to hear in these arguments i said if he if he does not get in i would not be surprised because he probably shouldn't get in no i heard you saying this steve Steve smith is a dog he's got middle of the road numbers and he's got two super bowls and a super bowl mvp name a better receiver under 510 then steve smith tyreek hill yes and he, I could definitely see him being in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Dang, I hear crickets. Yeah, what? Is, how many short receivers are there that are good in the league? Right here. You're looking at the number one. <laughs> Dolphins called me the other day. What are y'all laughing at? Dolphins might need you. Oh, what, did, what did they call you about, dog? What they say? Oh, no. Nah, they, they was, just, they was it leaving was, a voicemail. They was talking about, like, you know, medical advice. Yeah, two, two was, Yeah, they were like, yeah, you know any neurologist? I'll put in a console. I hate y'all. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, fellas. So uh, the other part that I wanted to talk about, this is something uh, slightly different, but I'm a big fan of hip-hop, uh, all generational hip-hop. Now, I know that uh, I did get called out, those that have been following our podcast closely, uh, about the members of a tribe called Quest. That is embarrassing on my part, but the, the youngest uh, member of our podcast, Leno, who is all of 12 years old, did school me on that. But I wanted to hear y'all favorite lyrics in hip hop and why. Just give me an explanation. Like if it's something you know off the top of the dome or what it is about it, it just, you know, is fire to you. So whoever wanted to start, just let me hear it. I'm going to go and I've said it before, 
my line is real G's moving sounds like lasagna, dog. That was the moment I realized I absolutely fucking love hip hop, man. Like in the fucking lyrics and the rap, like that shit, that shit hit home. I was like, damn. Who's the Sweet. artist and which song is it? It's Lil Wayne, man. It's Lil Wayne. If you don't know the fucking song, then fucking get your life together, man. I ain't saying what the fuck you don't remember, do you? Uh, Nah, because the nigga got CTE, goddammit. (laughs) Fuck. What was was the name of that song? Because I know the song word for word, but I don't know the name of the song. I'm looking it up right now. I'm uh, just six, seven, seven foot. That's it. Six foot, seven foot. (laughs) He said, he immediately targeted up the CTE. (laughs) Hey. When in doubt, blame CTE. Yeah, I think it is six foot, seven foot. Yeah. Rick is right. Mm-hmm. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot, nine. All right, what else I got? I shouldn't have, I I remember, it's two songs that I remember as a kid, a little spaced out. Back That Ass Up was the first song I knew word for word. Now, those lyrics changed the generation. For the nine, for the nine nine and the two thousand, that's my generation right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not a not not greater words have been spoken than when they was putting on for the nine nine and the two thousand. And then and the then, second one is ain't really a verse, but DMX ran through his his whole like all his hoes, and that was the whole verse. What these bitches want from a nigga? <laughs> it was. It, it was, was all of his This is not how I saw this I'm segment like, going, but I'm with it. Crazy. <laughs> it was Cookie. I met her at the ice cream parlor. <laughs> Eight year old me was like, damn, DMX got all these hoes. <laughs> R.I.P. DMX, man. R.I.P. That is crazy that he gone. He also got the best Christmas song of all times, though. <laughs> it's the same song. It was just his voice. It wasn't. He's got the best. It was a cover version of, of Rudolph. He okay. got the best version of it. Three thousand percent. The cover of the year. All right. So, Brick, what's yours? All right. So you're never gonna guess like that this lyric came from Ja Rule's song New York, but Jada Kiss's part in New York. Where he said, I'm not cocky, I'm confident. So when you tell me I'm the best, it's a compliment. Oh, yeah. Dog, I was in middle school. Like, get off me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of them ones. That's one of them ones. Oh, yeah, there's fire in that. For me, uh, I still shoot. I probably listened to this song like a couple, probably a couple months ago. I ain't going to say a couple weeks ago. But it was, um, y'all remember Beautiful Bliss with Wale and J. Cole? No, you fucking backpacker. Yes, I, I'm sorry. What? Damn, bro. What? Even my he baby said that shit there. like a derogatory term. God I'm definitely in a class <laughs> of my own at dinner with Hope, hoping that he passed the patron, passed the baton. He just passed the patron. Ain't nothing given, dog. is earned. If you live in dog, you learn. I let you niggas see the light. I'm like the prison yard. I yearn for that living large. But mama ain't done yet. Sit back and watch your sunrise. Oh, don't Sit read back the and know no. your sunset. Oh, you reading the lyrics. I know though. Well, that's because I want to make sure I quoted exactly. You said nine nine in the two thousand. You can't even add that up. <laughs> it's only one thing you add when you drop. <laughs> you want to talk about is something is something international or not? No. Okay. So anyway, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by Uncle Jemima. I was trying to say that my that these lyrics hit hard because. <laughs> 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 so we getting personal, huh? So we, we hey, you day. said you said you love the syrup, dog. You it's, said you love the syrup. Doing. Okay. Nah, this is when you said keep back and know your sunset. That part was always something that hit with me. So I would always listen to that, especially early on. Like that was something probably came out like freshman year of high school, but I was heavy on I had Wale in heavy rotation. Shock remember. You just listen to that all the time. All the but, time. That was actually I no, the reason why I like it so much, I'm gonna call me a backpacker. That was the first J. Cole um lyrics that i heard because that came out before the warm-up if i'm not mistaken or that was like the set yeah the warm-up came out like junior senior year so that's mine can we do some honorable mentions of course of course uh because there was one um the artist formerly known as kanye west 
I know everybody remembers uh, when he said, uh, man aids colored bins, I push miracle whips. Every nigga in America wanted a white car. <laughs> you, you muted. Kanye did have some bars for real. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's so sad. Yeah, yeah man. Pre-psycho. He, honestly, you need to review the tape for me, Leno. Was he ever playing for the Steelers in them Bengals games, and did he get hit by Montez, too? Speaking of, I don't know. But the I would never want to play at the Bengals stadium, ever. I never want to play. I would hits. always be scared to play at the Bengals stadium. The four worst hits happened at that stadium. And those so, hits are Ryan Shazier. Was that that was yeah. at the Bengals? Yep. Montez he got paralyzed there. AB. AB Tua. Tua. And That's then the Mark Hamlin. The Mark Hamlin was dead. That shit. That 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 it scared, that scared the shit out of me seeing it live. Yeah, that's a and that's a part, you know, that's something else that we were going to segue into to definitely talk about. We're going to bring in Dr. Dantuan Smith here shortly to discuss that from a cardiology aspect. Um, that's people always talk about, like, you know, you got doctors on the Internet. Uh, there are people that, are, you know, like armchair doctors and things like that, and they're making their assessment and their diagnosis and things like that. But Brick was telling me this because, you know, he asked me about it. I had a couple people. I think Leno hit me up about it, too. And some other friends were like. I feel like every actual physician that was that I discussed it with, we all said the same thing of we had an assumption, right? And I'm not gonna sit here and like toot my own horn by any means, but we had an assumption of a cardiac event because of the way it happened. But we all would say the same statement at the end, but I wasn't there and I didn't see an assessment. Versus the people that have no medical training that was like, Oh, it's a concussion or this that and the third and that type of thing. And then it's like Oh, he's this a vaccination. Even yeah, I, I somebody said person. that? I'll be the yes. first person to tell you that yeah. I don't care for the vaccination, for any of the vaccinations, but I promise you that was nothing pissed me off more than seeing that dumb shit in my in my in the comments and in the responses on Twitter. It's a, a side effect of the vaccine. Nothing pissed me off more than that. I'll be that the is first Skip person Bayless. to tell you. It's I, time to get off well, Twitter, dog. Not Skip like, Bayless's yeah, comments. I'm good. I, I don't need to say that. Hey Lena, I don't Skip Bayless's comment. That didn't piss you off more than anything. What is what did Skip say? Well, his tweet was, I can't. I'm just gonna give it verbatim before I pull it up. But it was something along the lines that how can the NFL stop this game when it is such an important game? Let's. All right. Was, so let's really, take a it moment. It was toned down. It was if you go if it take mm-hmm. you remove it 24 48 hours is it would be cool. But in the immediate aftermath of this dude has needed CPR and needed to be resuscitated on that field. It was tasteless, and it's that's it's no way around it. Let's all right. So let's unpack this then for real. So that and this is the thing is I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I didn't consume any of the media in regards to this besides the updates on his health, specifically for and I, y'all know what I do. But specifically, it's because I got I get like I'm basically outright disgusted when I keep hearing people giving these opinions and saying all this stuff and putting in all of their input with it when they don't know what's going on. But when I say unpack this. As we all were football players, we all were college athletes. You know that camaraderie that you build with a teammate, right? You know, like you love your teammates, especially on the field. Did y'all feel that of like, you know, obviously I'm not a player for the Bills. I'm not. They're in my rival division. That doesn't even matter right now, though. But it's the fact of like, this young man had a serious event, and you knew it was serious. What were y'all feeling at that time? That's what I want to know. Not what the people said on Twitter. Not what Skip Bezos. Not what not what ESPN said. What were y'all feeling? I want to hear from y'all for real. I was scary, yo. I was terrified. I thought we saw some. I thought we were watching somebody die on live TV. Off of a roof. It it would have been. It maybe it would have been less scary. If it was some, if it looked like something or it appeared to be anything other than just a routine play. If it looked like a dangerous hit, like it looked like a Vontez perfect type play, it looked like a Ryan Shazier type play. It's scary, but you can you can see the you can see the writing on the wall at least that he's mentally okay, but physically he might be a little bit broken right now. Those are you know physical injuries are a little bit easier to digest, understand, and then ultimately move on from that. I ain't going to front with you, though. Point. Shazier, that 
the reason why I was scared with Shazier is because I'll never forget it. When he made that hit and he turns and he grabs he both his and, legs and yeah. throws them and they don't move, I was yeah. like, oh my God. His legs just flopped over, just fell over. I said, oh, he's, oh, he can't feel that. He can't feel nothing right now. That was a scary hit. But this dude, you don't know if he's a lot. Dude, he just went to grab, like, went to pat himself down almost. It just fell back. It's the, and that was, like, I'm going to let y'all say it. I, I just wanted to say, I've said it a brick already off air. That was the thing. It was the, the tone, like, the, the muscle tone of his body. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Tua got hit, you remember he was wobbly and all that type of stuff. There was no loss of muscle tone, which made, you know, me say, okay, I don't think this is neurologic. But there, and we said it in the group, there ain't much that drop you like that unless something emergent happens. So y'all right. But this is not, once again, to be, you know, the the armchair doctor with this situation. This is just to get y'all input. So, Brick, Shot, who was y'all feeling? I mean, for me, it's one of those weird situations because, like, you see him jump back up and then fall, and that wasn't like a, oh, he's faking an injury. It was like a legit collapse. And I've seen that, like, after a car accident, somebody hops up and then, boom, drops down. That person was end up paralyzed. I've seen that when I was at war. Like, these are type things that, like, you see it, and it's like, the hit didn't seem, it just seemed like a routine hit. But then the fact that he just jumped up and he was ready for the next play and then all of a sudden lights out, man, that's a scary situation, especially because, you mean, the best thing I saw, in the, if you look at the video, when he fell back, he almost hit the ref, and that ref immediately was like, hey, get over here. Because if he wasn't near a ref or somebody, they could have took those precious seconds, minutes, like, hey, what's going on? Let's go. And that time probably saved his life. Oh, it absolutely did. That's the biggest thing with CPR is from the time from when the heart stops to when you start pressing on the chest to recirculate blood, that is the key point. And I know that Dr. Smith will touch on that for us, but Shock, what was you thinking, bro? No, it was, I mean, like Brick said and Leonard said, that shit was just scary. I mean, when I knew, realized it was real was seeing the players cry on the field, too, because, like, they're not crying if it's something like regular degular type stuff. Like, when they're reacting like that, then you know it's, it's something legitimate. So, like, to it see that, sad. yeah, exactly. It's like that, that was, that's, that's when I was like, damn, okay, this is for real. Like, really yeah. scary. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad they didn't restart that game. I mean, True. Like, we talk about all the time, you know, like, bigger than football, bigger than sports, this and a third. And, and people were talking about the finances, like, oh, a Monday night football game, you know, million, hundreds of millions of dollars and fans and all that. That doesn't matter, man. This dude needs to get to the hospital. He needs to be in the ICU. Like, he had to be intubated and out. Come on, y'all. I couldn't imagine them seeing, having to see him being resuscitated and him doing CPR compressions on his chest. God forbid they had to pull the the ID out or whatever you call it out. Yeah, the defibrillator. You're right. I could, I could, I could imagine them turning around and saying, "Oh, we just we're gonna play this football game now after that." I agree. I mean, like one thing I heard on TV and everything, which is made it puts it in perspective. Like lit, you see that every day. Like mm-hmm. if you see a car accident, oh, that's something that happens. Like you know, mm-hmm. but the dude was just playing football so that like he's also 24 i'd tell you right i see it every day but like it's the 82 year old diabetic cancer patient that has been on dialysis for 100 years it's not a 24 year old you know top tier athlete doing a routine tackle exactly exactly hey so fellas on that note we're gonna bring in dr smith all right all right, y'all. We are welcoming in Dr. Dantuan Smith, cardiologist from the great state of Mississippi. Uh, we appreciate having you on, Doc. Yeah, appreciate y'all. For sure, for sure, man. Hey, thank you for taking this time out. And we wanted to talk to you a couple things. You know, everybody's been talking about what happened with uh, DeMar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills. But if you could just give us some insight on, um, you know, cardiac arrest and CPR and sudden cardiac death and those type of events surrounding it, man. What you got for us? Like, what was going on for 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 the average man? Kind of break us down. What was happening? Yeah, so uh, just kind of, I started pretty much at the high school level. So with sudden cardiac death, uh, pretty much a lot of athletes suffer from this, mainly from undiagnosed heart disease. So essentially, the heart has a uh, oxygen 
demands um, and pretty much the body needs a certain amount of oxygen supply, things like that, and the heart can't supply uh, that demand. And so what will end up happening with intense exercise based off of whatever anatomy, whether that be uh, the body not forming uh, certain vessels or even genetics um, or structural things that can go wrong with the heart. Um, it can cause people to essentially just fall, go into uh, abnormal heart rhythm, um, and essentially pass away uh, even sometimes. Um, a lot of times in, uh, you know, high school, middle school, things like that, um, you know, we definitely recommend getting a thorough physical uh, exam, but a lot of times what ends up happening during this time, people just listen, you know, briefly for like five or 10 seconds to the heart lungs, and then they just say, okay, you're good. And what ends up happening a lot of times, things that could have been caught aren't caught, and, uh, you know, athletes suffer from that. Uh, with the DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, it's kind of quite interesting because. Um, once you get to the college level and then even NFL, there are a lot of strict guidelines that uh, the NFL um, and even colleges have. Um, so even with getting like EKGs, so just check it to see if you have any kind of abnormal electrical activity of the heart. Um, and then as well as getting ultrasounds of the heart also. And so the NFL actually kind of has a, a pretty interesting um, criteria uh, where they actually get echoes on everybody to make sure you don't have anything that's going on with your heart if the echoes uh finds anything that may be weird then they'll even go to a cardiac mri um and then as well they get ekgs on everybody so they do an extensive wow. workload you know uh they do this actually at the combine and so uh that's where it started it so uh, by the time you're actually playing in the nfl you've had a very extensive workup from a cardiac standpoint. So uh, with the DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, when you think about, you know, um, sudden cardiac death, few things come to mind from a heart standpoint. Uh, One, we think the main thing we think about is HOCOM. HOCOM, which stands for hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. Pretty much the heart is really, really thick and uh, the left side of the heart is really thick, and what can happen with that, uh, because the muscle is so thick, um, it can cause an abnormal electrical activity with the heart. Um, in addition to that, with high strenuous exercise, um, the there's decreased amount of blood flow that can get to the body, and so with that, um, that's why a lot of um, athletes tend to pass out with high strenuous exercise. But then as well, it's also what we call proarrhythmic, meaning that you can go into an abnormal heart rhythm as well and, and essentially pass out and die from that as well. Uh, other ones, uh, you know, arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy or a- ARVC uh, deals with the right side of the heart's genetic. These both, both of these are genetic um, uh, things that are caused with the heart. Uh, but ARVC deals with the right side of the heart. Pretty much the heart is made of muscle. And so with ARVC, the right side of the heart is mainly um, fatty deposits. They're kind of all over the place. And because of the abnormal fat that's there, it can cause, again, abnormal electrical activity to go through the heart. And so it can um, allow you to have an abnormal heart rhythm. And so there are others, uh, anomalous uh, coronary arteries. Uh, so pretty much you have um, three main arteries get blood supply to the heart. So you have uh, one that comes on the front of the heart called the Widowmaker. You have another one on the side, one on the back. And um, if any of those, primarily the, the Widowmaker, if it comes off um, in a weird position and it goes in between two major vessels um, during strenuous exercise, the, those two major vessels, when they have a lot of blood flow that go through them, they can squeeze and clamp off um, that widowmaker transiently and essentially cause you to pass um, and things like that. Now, with DeMar Hamlin, um, as you all saw, he actually had uh, took a he you know he took a hit 
stood up and then uh, collapsed. So with Holcomb, usually it didn't happen like that. Usually it's going to be just a random thing and high strenuous activity. So a lot of times you may see like a basketball player or a football player, they're running or something, and then they just completely just collapse or something like that. Um, or so they that, have an I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, Dr. Smith. So yeah. just like a question, could you – for our viewers and for me, actually, could you break down exactly how rare of an occurrence something like that is? Especially, I mean, I know if it could happen to anybody, I'm sure, but a, an athlete in such pristine physical shape to have something like that that's really just a, a it's certain when it comes out to being bad time and how rare of an occurrence that is for somebody to go through that type of traumatic event like that. Yeah, so this is like a one in a billion type of occurrence type type deal like this isn't something that's you know oh we see this all the time you, the reason why we're hearing about it a lot more is primarily due to social media um but this is a this is a rare occurrence this isn't something that just happens you know all the time and then especially from the nfl because they have such strict precautions um so yeah um but going back to what i was saying uh you know Holcomb doesn't present like that. Uh, the other ones don't either. So there's this super, super rare thing called commotio cortis. And uh, pretty much meaning that you just take a really uh, a blow to the chest. And at the right time when the heart is um, kind of in a relaxation period. During that relaxation period, at the right time, uh, with a severely big blow to the chest, Usually we see this with like a baseball projectile or something like that, um, as opposed to like a football, you know, hit that's kind of a little bit, it's not as direct. Um, what will happen, the heart will go into an abnormal rhythm and um, essentially that's what causes the, patient, the person to collapse. Now, commotio cordis, out of all of the different types of I think you cut out on us for a sec, Doc. Sorry, y'all. We did have a bit of a technical difficulty with Dr. Smith. We're going to bring him back in. I just wanted to make sure that I filled y'all in on what he was referring to. So, commotio cordis is actually defined as a sudden cardiac death secondary to ventricular fibrillation, which is a type of arrhythmia that happens in the lower chambers of the heart, uh, the, what I would consider the more important chambers of the heart, and it's the result of a non-traumatic chest wall impact. So these are things that are going to occur from blunt chest blows. Um, common scenarios in sports are things like dense projectiles, so like a baseball, a cross ball, or a hockey puck to the chest. Um, and then in the case of what we're talking about with sports, this, this individual, uh, DeMar Hamlin, took a blunt chest wall trauma from a helmet is what it appears to be. Uh, what makes this so rare, as Dr. Smith is getting into, is that it has to happen in the exact right space on the chest at the exact right time in the cardiac cycle, which is less than two milliseconds span for it to actually occur. All right, y'all, we're bringing them back in. Thank you. So we were, um, you were just talking about, basically you were going into commotional cortis a little bit more, and then you were kind of, I think you were making a comparison of like the, the rarity of it. Yeah. All right, so, oh. yeah, so. I'm good to just start now. Yeah, go for it. Okay, all right, cool. So yeah, commotional cortis uh, as compared to Holcomb and the other genetic variants. Um, so the others, like I mentioned, like one in a billion. Commotional cortis is going to be like one in like probably 50 to 100 billion. Um, it's something that's not this steady, and uh, we're still learning about it. So like I said, the running, the running. Um, you know, pathophysiology behind it is that, you know, you have a direct blunt force trauma to the chest when the heart is in a relaxation period. And at the right time, that's when the heart can go into a, an arrhythmia. And so um, out of all of these, it's probably the one that's the safest long term. You don't have any, you know, um, anything to worry about, like as far as you know, needing like no anything like that. Pretty much, you just have to like no structural heart damage or anything. Yeah, no structural heart damage, anything like that. Not needing any kind of surgeries or anything like that. Okay, um, so, so then yeah. let me ask you this then, and 
I want you to especially to let our listeners know. So then what what was it that was so life saving with his care? You know, what was it about what they were able to do when, you know, from the moment he had that impact to, you know, his whole course at the hospital? What what would you say was the most important part? Yeah. So pretty much what saved his life. And this is kind of important with all uh, all these things. Uh, so the NFL has a really, really good um, protocol where at every game and every practice, they have designated people, you know, to, to run, to perform different duties. So something like this happens, they have one person who's going to intubate, one person who's going to run ACLS protocol, one person who's going to place pass and manage the AED. One ACLS is Advanced Cardiac Life Support, for y'all that don't know. Uh, one, you know, so pretty much they have a lot of these roles and they go through, have a, they have a specific meeting about this before every game and every practice. Uh, so everyone knows their role and they're able to act quickly. Um, so the thing with all of these, any time somebody has cardiac arrest, so time is brain. And so down, you want to decrease your downtime. So they were able to act fairly quickly uh, when he collapsed and uh, they were able to do the things that needed to be done. Um, which ultimately he had a great outcome from it, um, you know, despite collapsing. And so that's one of the things that we worry about in more of a, like a rural or, you know, high school, middle school games, even some college games, um, they don't have the structure that's there, you know, to when this happens. And so everybody's just running around frantically which is why we have a lot more adverse events with younger children as opposed to the NFL. Mm. So, you know, things that probably should be changed is that, you know, state athletic associations really should probably, you know, they have AEDs now. They do, some of them do have uh, ambulances and, you know, EMTs there. However, you know, it takes more than just one or two people to be able to treat, uh, to treat a patient. You know, you can't just have just one or two people there to do completely everything. You need you need a team of people to help out. And so uh, the NFL model, how they have it, really should be carried on, you know, down to, like I say, middle school, high school level. And it really at all in all sports, to be quite honest, uh, just to prevent a lot of these things from happening. And then in addition to that, uh, the stigma behind doing physical uh, athletic physical exams should change as well. Should should just be a oh we're gonna see a thousand you know uh, athletes over the course of the next week two weeks and we're gonna give them all physical so they can play. It should just be a checkbox. It should be something okay. I need to search for something. You know that should be the thing. Like I really need to try to search for something that that I find. If you do a thousand and, and there's a study that says if you do anywhere between I want to say maybe a thousand to twenty five hundred athletic physicals, and you don't find something that you should be investigating, like a murmur or uh, you know something like that that you should try to work up, then you didn't do a good you didn't do a good uh, physical exam because there's there's going to be at least some kid that has a murmur or some type of family history with something that's going to you know raise your uh, antennas to say okay I need to work this patient up a little bit more. Okay. Dr. Smith, with not a lot of research on this particular topic and not a lot of other instances where it's occurred, what, in your opinion, would be the best prognosis for DeMar Hamlin? I mean, is there a chance that he could ever possibly play again or even get back to that level? Or is that something that doctors would probably advise advise against him as far as taking that risk to go out and do? So, so it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, why this commotional court has happened. Like I say, usually it happens with a projectile, something that's like a baseball or, you know, something like that, as opposed to just a hit from a football, from with a football tackle. Um, so that's the kind of part that's a little bit questionable about it, but everything looks like commotional court is in his, in his case. So the ultimate treatment of commotional cortis is to just remove yourself from impact sports. Um, and that's really it. I mean, you don't need like a, pay, uh, uh, a defibrillator or anything like that or some type of surgery. 
I'm sure he'll probably have serial uh, ultrasounds of his heart uh, and things like that done. And uh, I'm sure they probably have already done, you know, extensive workup as far as uh, his coronary anatomy. But outside of, you know, him just removing himself from, you know, impact sports, that's really about it. Um, and, you know, it will be. Yeah, he had a very rare event. The likelihood of it happening again is super, 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 super low. However, do you want to take that chance again? Mm-hmm. So that's the type of thing. All right. Well, Dr. Smith, we really do appreciate your time and coming on here, coming on the podcast uh, to speak with us and give everybody some insight, man. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Appreciate you, Doc. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, now you take it easy. All right, bro. All right. Thank y'all, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Do-Rags and Stethoscopes. We appreciate y'all, love y'all, and wishing y'all a very, very happy new year. Happy new year. All right, y'all. We're going to catch y'all again after we see what happens in this Week 18 matchup.